the protectors of the wood podcast. Everything is at stake. The destruction of our planet is becoming real life. This podcast tells the story of misfit teenagers struggling to band together to help our world through this crisis. Episode number 14, Mysteries of the Past. Phoebe's questions find answers. Peter Hood was waiting for Phoebe outside the door to the greenhouse, sitting on an old wooden chair in the sun. A wide-brimmed straw hat cast his face into shadow. Hanging from his belt was a quiver filled with about a dozen target arrows. Across his knee were two shooting gloves and two bows hung from a branch of a nearby apple tree. As Phoebe arrived, she saw him with a faraway look in his eye. Oh, there you are. I know I'm late. I had to wash my clothes and organize my new room. I live here now. By the way, your carvings stand on my chest of drawers, looking over everything, making sure things are the way they should be. Peter nodded and looked her in the eyes. It's a remarkable thing about you, Phoebe. You've always understood toys, how to make them come alive. Dad, you read my mind. I was just getting up my courage to ask you about a memory from when I was just a child. I'm ready. Why don't we put off the archery and find a good place to talk? hmm? Come, we'll visit a little garden I want to show you. Peter led the way through rows of fir trees destined to become Christmas trees and arrived at a hidden rectangle of hay bales. He pulled a ground-level bale back by the corner and a section of the wall slid open a foot or two. They squeezed through. Inside was a secret garden, maybe 20 by 25 feet in size. Nine slightly raised beds overflowed with plants. Narrow paths ran in between. She saw many of the same plants she'd seen in Abby's garden the day before. A regular riot of vegetables filled the small space. She reached over, picked a finger bean, and began chewing on it. You're acquainted with those, I see. Not bad, right? Phoebe worried that her father would ask where she'd seen finger beans before. So she hurried to change the subject. These are fabulous. I think windy seeds work. That's what you wanted to know, right? Oh, we knew they would work. But how well? As well as they do for her? No. They don't. I mean, this stuff is good, but it doesn't reach Wendy's level of fabulousness. 
my fruits and veggies are later, smaller, not quite as tasty. We have a few years of work to do, just to get started. There's more to this project than just one harvest. We want to model Wendy's art of gardening on a reasonable scale over time. It's a yearly cycle. You've got to work up to it gradually, saving your seeds and trying out soils and the timing of when to plant. Wendy's been building her soil for 60 years. I took the trouble to move a few sacks of it here just to get the feel of it and let her worms and bugs loosen this garden to go with our compost. Wow. So this is your new life, Dad, huh? Well, <laughs> a good part of it. I've got other responsibilities too, but we'll save those for another day. They were sitting on hay bales, warm in the sun. Crows began to call overhead. Dad, I've got an important question, and I need a real answer. Uh-oh, that sounds difficult. Seriously, I want the truth. I'll do my best. That's all I can say. A memory came back to me just yesterday afternoon. When, when I was little, I saw stone on the table in your room. I looked at the blue, smooth part. She hesitated, looking at her father. And? Did you see something? I've always wondered. The good fairy hovered over me, and the light from her star came shining down. And? What happened? Well, all the toys, well, they, they unfroze, and everything came alive. Ah, oh, uh, thank you for telling me. <laughs> that is so comforting. I, you've seen her. The good fairy? Yes. And she even looked a little like one of your carvings. But her dress was gauzy and her hair dark. And her wings moved so fast that she could stay in one place. Like a, like a hummingbird. She glowed all over. And the star on her wand, well, it shone with a silver light. And she smiled at me. It's her. One of the guiding visions of Dreamstone. <laughs> I had no idea. I was afraid. We knew very little about Dreamstone then, and nothing about its effects upon children. I'd been careless to leave that stone in the open. I never made that mistake again. I knew we'd discuss this someday, but I should have spoken to you long ago. It's just that I assumed you'd see nothing but the blue surface. The crystal was much too small to be a vision stone. 
Peter stood up and walked back and forth. It's not a bad thing, but it is important. You've seen a dreamstone vision, and your mother and I had no idea. You must have questions, and so do I. Well, what about the charms Penny and I wear? Only the large stones produce visions. Although, conceivably, you are an exception. Uh, some people are more sensitive than others, and they see different kinds of things, though there are themes that stand out. The winged woman often appears. She of many names. Sometimes she's as old as the hills. And you should know this. There are people looking, hunting for the large stones. They are very rare and valuable beyond comprehension. So, how do you know about them? Have you ever... Have you ever looked into one? And where do they come from? Peter was pinching tiny leaves off a nearby rosemary bush, smelling them and then chewing them like gum. He was having trouble finding a reply. There is a mine in the Northridge Mountains, only a few hours' drive from here. A mine that's the only known source of dreamstone. I should say was the only source. Apparently it's been mined out for many years. People have been searching for new sources, but with no success. That search has become frantic as the price of dreamstone has risen. Very small stones, just slivers are still available, but even they are expensive. The large stones are so rare that, as far as we know, not a single one can be seen by the public. No museum or university seems to have one, though rumors are constantly circulating. Dad, why doesn't anyone mention these things? Well, it's public knowledge that Dreamstone came from the mine of the Northridge Mountains. The large stones are so rare that most people think that they're just a fantasy, and the vision's just a rumor. But this history has a twist that you should be aware of. The original mine of the Northridge Mountains was apparently discovered by people associated with Teresa Georgie, who happens to be the aunt of Wendy Chapman, the Wendy we know. Teresa's background is, well... <laughs> obscure, but like Wendy, she grew up in Middletown and the forest. And for this reason, the rumors of new sources of Dreamstone are especially prevalent around here, making Dreamstone a touchy subject. The people hunting for the large stones are often part of Milton Morphy's organization. He is aggressively buying all the Dreamstone he can find and tries to question people about it, where it came from, um, how it was found, when it was found. Hmm. So, he wants Wendy's plants and seeds? He wants Dreamstone? He's already rich. I mean, is this all about money and power? 
No doubt he's obsessed with wealth and power, but there are other issues. The large stones give some people the ability to see things of importance, warnings of danger especially. We believe that Dreamstone may be a source of good for our world on the difficult road ahead. Come follow me It's alright you see There's nothing for you to fear Come on over here You can see me through your tears I'll listen to you I hear what you say Go ahead and cry from your heart I'll see you apart with me There's always a way I'll see you wherever you are We can't be too near or too far you found Just walk through the door In my world there's always some more The best is in store The real story goes on and on Thanks for listening to the Protectors of the Wood podcast. Find all our podcasts, songs, and projects on our website, protectorsofthewood.com. And to all the eco-warriors out there, remember that everyone can make a difference and every action counts.